0: This is Dorel Alia, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast episode Cinco y Cinco, or is it Cinco Cinco? Because five and five doesn't really, 55, I mean, let's get to the show. to the right place. Mr. Hollywood himself presents the Before the Millions
1: podcast, podcast, podcast. and now your host, Deray Olaleye.
0: Want to get into real estate but don't have the funds to get started? Well, tune into this episode because on this show with Mr. Investor Jay Connor, we discover four unique ways to jumpstart your real estate investing journey without using any of your own funds. (laughs) I know you're going to like this one, guys. But first, what's going on? Welcome to another episode. Welcome to another installment, another presentation, another show, another sequel of the Before the Millions podcast. I'm excited to have you guys here. If this is your first time tuning into the show, welcome to the tribe. This is a show where we discuss all things lifestyle design through real estate. And we love cash flowing real estate. We love cash flowing rentals because this is how we build generational wealth for ourselves and for our families. This is how we create moments, create opportunity, create jobs, stimulate the economy, get a sense of fulfillment, a sense of pride, a sense of honor, a sense of recognition. Oh my goodness. Like Real estate just covers everything across the board. It's crazy. So guys, All month, we've been dropping bonus episode after bonus episode after bonus episode. And we're still not done. You never know when the next bonus is going to drop. But guaranteed, we may have one or two or maybe even three left in the bag. So if you're not subscribed yet, subscribe to this podcast. Tell a friend. Leave a review. Let us know what you guys think. And if you want to join our community offline or rather online visit beforethemillions.com slash group. And that's where our thriving community resides. It's a Facebook group. And we talk about all things real estate, all things lifestyle design. So if you're looking to subsidize your income from your W-2 day job, and you just want to have real estate on the side, then we're going to show you how to do that. If you're looking to maybe leave your day job, completely just get up and out of there and replace your income with cash flowing assets, we talk about that too. So I know you guys are super eager to learn how to get into real estate with little to no money down and how to start cash flowing so that you can go off to live the life of your dreams, the life that you were truly meant to live. So let's get into the show. The tip of the week. Can the tip of the week for this week be book recommendations? I think yes. Here are some of the books I've read lately. One, the obstacle is the way. A book with the premise that oftentimes the adversity that you're facing is quite possibly the exact ingredient that you need to be successful on the other side of that adversity. So don't try to avoid the adversity sometimes. Sometimes you have to plow right through it and learn from it. So the obstacle is the way. Another recent book I read, actually the most recent book I read, is called The E-Myth. And that's by Michael Gerber. And that book is teaching How to build a business the right way, the proper way. You know, most business owners, most entrepreneurs start off as technicians and we specialize in what we do and we love what we do. So if you love baking cakes, I mean, that's what you do when you open your business. You bake a lot of cakes, but you soon find out that you need to advance in your role. You need to maybe level up one level and become the manager. And the manager has the task of kind of making sure everything's running smoothly You know, make sure that the technicians are doing their work and they're doing it on time and efficiently, and that the business overall is, you know, in great shape. And then there's one more level up, and that's the entrepreneur. And once you get to the entrepreneur level, now you have a group of managers leading a team of technicians, and you can focus on strategizing. You can focus on your marketing efforts. You can focus on growing the business, strategic planning. And that's when you know you have a solid, formidable business. And that's pretty much what the book, The E Myth, is about. It's been an amazing read for me. There are many things from that book that I want to implement in my business immediately. And I'm, I've already gotten started working on some of those things. So that's book number two. Book number three, which I haven't quite read yet, is called The Year of Yes. And this book is by Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes is the writer, producer, and maybe even director of some of these shows. But I mean, she's the face and name of these hit shows Grey's Anatomy, How to Get Away with Murder and what's Olivia Pope's show? Oh, Scandal. So, she gives us some some crazy insight into her world and her life and how her career, how her life has progressed. And I haven't read this book yet, but I start reading that book today. So, I'll have some feedback on that. But if you guys want to go ahead and pick that book up and the other two books I just mentioned, just visit slash book and you get two free audiobooks on me. So, guys, reading Reading is knowledge, and knowledge is power, and it's time to power up. Let's get to the show. And now, your feature presentation. I'm excited to welcome Mr. Jay Connor to the show. Hey, Jay, how's it going?
1: Hello, DeRay. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing amazing, and I'm excited to have you on. (laughs) I've done some research on you, Jay, and you are quite an interesting person. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that as a compliment. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Jay is a real estate and business developer, a national speaker and a private lending expert. He's been buying and selling houses for over 14 years now and has been involved in over $52 million in transactions. His systems and processes help people navigate lending options in real estate investments. So lending is a big topic when it comes to real estate investing. So I can't wait to get into the meat and potatoes of today's show. But Jay, first off, let's take it back. Take it back to your younger years. Let's go in the time machine and let's figure out how your story began, how your before the million story started to unravel. Take us to the exact moment. You had your first aha about real estate and you thought that this was a viable option for you and your family.
1: Sure. Well, that's an interesting question because. I was actually, I mean, for, ever since I can remember, I was raised in the housing industry, but not as I am now. My father, Wallace Connor, before, well, he's actually never retired. My dad right now is uh, 84 years old and still doing Multi million dollar transaction deals, so he'll never retire. But for many decades, he was in the manufactured housing industry. Most people would still call it today the mobile home industry. And uh, I know out there in Texas, Texas has got its share of mobile homes over the past few years. In fact, that's how I met my wife, Carol, out in Wichita Falls. I moved out there when dad still had his mobile home company. He actually sold over 100,000 homes to uh, over 100,000 families in the mobile home industry. So I grew up around affordable housing, and I knew if I ever got out of the um, mobile home industry, I wanted to get into single-family homes. And the reason, <laughs> and I'll make this short, the reason is because Carol and I have some really dear friends in New Bern, North Carolina. We're here in Eastern North Carolina, in New Bern, And when they were like in their late 20s or right at 30 years old, they uh, bought a fixer-upper uh, with the wife's father's help, and in 90 days, they pocketed almost $30,000 in profit. This was back in the early 90s. And I was struggling to make $3,000 profit on a single wide. And so that was my inspiration to get into this business. And so we actually, I actually did my first deal. Uh, it's actually been now 15 years ago. Uh, Carol Joy and I did our first deal right here in Moorhead City, North Carolina.
0: Jay, let's talk about that first deal. What did it look like for you? <laughs>
1: Oh, my lens. Well, I teach real estate investors never go in this business alone. You know, get a mentor, get a coach. I know you're a fantastic coach yourself. And so, you know, I read a book <laughs> and I learned somewhere along the way uh, DeRay, that, you know, go find the ugliest, nastiest looking, smelling house you can find. And there could be some potential for big profits. So I, I, this was 15 years ago. I pulled out the homes magazine, got my, this is when realtors actually published in paper, monthly homes magazines with their listings. And I looked for the nastiest house I could find. And boy, my dad and Carol would say, I, I achieved my goal. Uh, I found this house that had been on the market for over nine months, had been shown over 60 times and still on the market. It was a bank owned property. So I went to it and I got it under contract. And so I was so excited. I said, Oh, I got to go show Carol this house that I got under contract. I got her to the house. She wouldn't even get out of the car to go (laughs) inside to look at this house. She's looking at the neighbors. She's looking at the condition. She says, no way. Then I thought to myself to be sure my dad will be excited about what I've done here. So I got my dad, he did get out of the car. But when he opened, when we opened the front door, I mean, you couldn't walk in. There was piles of trash everywhere. He looked at me and he said, "Son, have you lost your mind?" And thank goodness I hadn't, because I bought it for fifty thousand. I put fifty thousand worth of renovation rehab in it, so I had a hundred grand in it. And listed it with a realtor. No showings in forty-five days. I said, "Well, you know what? I read if you advertise owner financing in the classified ads, your phone will ring off the hook," and it did. Had to cancel the ad in less than a than a week going by, and our paper only comes out three times a week. So anyway, I sold it uh, myself. <laughs> sold it for one hundred and forty-nine thousand dollars. So I pocketed forty-nine thousand dollars on my first deal. And now this is back way before my world of private money. This is when I was relying on the local banks to fund my deals. But back then, if you could fog a mirror, you know you could get funding. And uh, so yeah, my first deal, I pocketed forty-nine thousand dollars. You know, less the closing cost and it's been an exciting journey ever since.
0: That is amazing, Jay. And that kind of opened your eyes to the power of real estate investing and what real estate investing can do in your life and for your family. So what was next? Walk us through your timeline a little bit a little bit further. What did that prompt in your life for you to do next? Did you start going bigger? Did you just do more of the same? How did that unfold?
1: Yeah. So my intention, my first year, now I was still helping my father wind down and close up shop on the uh, mobile home company that we had. And I promise you it's a whole lot more fun to start up something new than it is to shut down something. So I just had to be working on something positive. And so my intention for my first year was okay. I want to do three deals my first year, And I've got some buy and hold properties. I know your listeners are are big into um, rentals and buying and holding. Uh, I have a portfolio of that. I do a lot of flips as well. And the private money works for both, but I'm sure we'll get to that. So my intention was to do three deals from start to finish, just do one at a time so that I don't go to too many quote unquote seminars simultaneously. And I don't mean a seminar at a hotel. I mean actually doing the business and learning lessons that cost money. And so that's what I did. I finished that first deal, cashed it out. I did my second deal. It had, it needed some light rehab, not as much as the first one, cashed it out, bought my third one, cashed it out. So that was my first year. So when I ended that first year, now I'm full time into real estate investing going into my second year of doing it. And so the first six years in the business DeRay I was buying and selling, buying and selling using the local bank. And then, mercy, nine years ago, in fact, nine years ago, exactly last month, I called up my banker whose name was Steve, the operative word being was Steve, called him up, told him I had two deals under contract and with over $100,000 in potential profits and equity told him where the houses were located and you know, when, when i wanted to close, et cetera. I I had this conversation with Steve lots and lots and lots of times. And so I I finished telling him and you know, Steve went dead silent on the other end of the phone, which is never a good sign. And Steve cleared his throat and he says, well, Jay, the bank has decided to collapse your line of credit. I never heard of a line of credit being collapsed, but I knew it didn't sound good. I said, what do you mean? Steve, he says, well, the banks are just not lending out funds to real estate investors anymore these days uh, because of the way the economy is turned." And DeRay, I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to what I'm saying. So there I was cut off of the banks with no notice. And I tell you Ray, my definition of coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous. And so this turned out to be a huge blessing in disguise. I'm sure you've told your listeners in the past, a big part of success is being 100% responsible for everything that happens in your life and in your business. So, you know, the power of choice is very powerful. I think that's the biggest God given gift we've got is we get to choose. And so I chose to stay in the business and not give up because I know you cannot fail until you choose to quit. And so I reached out to my friend, Jeff in Greensboro, North Carolina. He's a real estate investor. I said, Jeff, what am I going to do? And he told me about this concept of private money in less than 90 days. I attracted and raised $2,150,000 in private funding. And I've never missed out on a deal since because I didn't have the money. So, you know, that was a huge blessing. My banker cutting me off. I mean, and then my business exploded in a downturn market. And so that's how I got introduced to private money uh, nine years ago.
0: Jay, I think this is so important to touch on. I mean, you said it best: you cannot fail until you quit. And we oftentimes, especially during during these down times and during whenever we're going through the worst of the worst, we often, you know, have this mindset of woe well, is me." And if we can just shift that mindset to woe well, is me," to This is I'm exactly where I need to be for what needs to happen for me to gain and learn from this situation for me to come out on the other end so that I can be successful and not only so that I can be successful, but so that I can teach somebody else how to be successful. If you hit success, if you kept hitting success with your banker, you would have never, never stumbled into the private lending industry. You would have never started this business. You would have never raised $2 million in less than 90 days. You had you had to have those down times. You had to have those trying times. And that's when we are forged. That's when the light bulb moment happens. And that's what happened with you, Jay. So you're a leading expert in private lending. Again, you've raised over $2 million in less than 90 days when your banker decided to cut you off. You know, you're a contributing author to the best-selling book, Real Estate, Getting Deals Done in This New Economy. Jay, let's talk to the listeners out there who are looking for alternative ways to fund their deals, who maybe have been cut off by the banks. What is private lending? Let's start with that and then we'll dive into some of the different aspects of private lending. But from a 30,000 foot view, what is private lending?
1: Thank you. So the easiest definition to understand what private money is, is a private lender is an individual, just like you, just like me, just like your listeners. It's, it's a, it's an individual. It's a human being. So it's not an institution. It's not banks. It's not hard money. It's an individual that lends money from their investment capital or, and this is huge, 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 or from their retirement funds to us as the real estate investor. And so let me just give a a quick sidebar here, because someone may already be thinking in your listening audience there, DeRay, well, how in the world can someone lend their retirement funds, you know, without paying penalties and et cetera? And that is through the wonderful, the strategy of using self-directed IRAs. I never heard of self-directed IRAs, which that could be a, a whole show in and of itself, DeRay. And you probably talk about separate IRAs cause many of your listeners are real estate investors or want to be. So that's what it is. Private lenders, they are individuals, they're not institutions. And, and there's two primary categories of private lenders. They are people that you already know or have some kind of influence with, or they're, I call it the warm market, you know, They're in your cell phone, you know, they're in some type of community that you're in, i.e. civic organizations, rotary club, going to church, whatever, you know, your herd is. And the other uh, primary category are existing private lenders that just don't know you yet. And so um, anyway, I digress. A private lender is an individual.
0: So anybody can be a private lender for you. As a real estate investor, you can reach out to any and everyone who has the means to be a private lender. Is that correct, Jay?
1: That is correct. And let me comment on the definition of reach out. Okay. So what I'm about to say may surprise some of your uh, listeners, but it is the 100% truth. And that is, I have never asked anybody for private money. You said, well, Jay, how do you get private money? If you're not asking, you simply in your warm market, make your program known what is available. So, you know, like I have my own private lending program. Okay. Most of my students just duplicate my program, but my program is, for example, I pay 8% interest. It's interest only payments. The terms are either two to five years, depending on if it's investment capital or coming from a retirement account. You know, I let the the borrower decide Do they want monthly payments, quarterly, semi-annual or annual. Interest only payments. I give them a 90 day call option in the promissory note so they can get their money back in case of an emergency, if they have that come along. So I make my program known through different strategies. And if time permits, I'll be glad to share those. And then when they raise their hand and they are interested in learning more about my program, then, you know, we give them all the details and, you know, spill the beans. But anyway, I wanted to comment on what you just said, and that was how do we reach out and what does that mean and what does that look like?
0: So let's close the loop on that because I was going to ask that question a little bit later, but I want to close the loop and make sure the the listeners who are looking for the answer to that get it now. So what are some of the strategies that you
1: use? Oh, sure. So how do we get the word out? Here is the primary way, but I'll give more than one. The primary way that I have started putting the word out nine years ago, is I recorded a 16 minute audio that does not spill the beans of my program that I offer private lenders in my war market. This 16 minute audio gives the overview as to what private money is. Okay. Uh, because most people have never even heard of private money unless they've gotten into the real estate investing world. I'm just talking about the person on the street or your, your friends. I mean, you know, Right now, Carol, Joy and I have got 46 private lenders. Now, your listeners don't need 46 private lenders. We've just grown our business to that. And so, you know, we'll do on average three transactions a month with average profits of $64,000 per deal. So we've got all these private lenders. But here, listen to this. Zero. None of them. None of them had ever heard about the world of private money until we told them. So a good number of them learned about it by this 16-minute audio that I recorded that gives an explanation of what private money is. But the purpose of that audio is actually to lead to a one-on-one appointment. Now, your listeners don't have to use my 16-minute audio. So what could your listeners do? All right, well, let me give just a little bit of coaching here on, on how they could simply talk about private money. So if I'm having a casual conversation with someone, here's how that conversation might could go. And what I'm about ready to share is very, very valuable in the world of attracting private money. So, you know, my, I might call, I mean, I might call them up. I might be in person with them. I, you know, I might be at a function, what have you, a networking function. And by the way, there's a big tip right there to become really, really good at attracting a lot of private money, get involved, you know, serve, become actively involved in, in whatever service organizations you have in your you know, community and area. So I'm talking with someone, and then I'll say something like, you know, as you may know, you may not know, I'm a real estate investor these days, and I'm still, quite frankly, taking advantage of the tidal wave of foreclosures that are still going on in the market. But what I'm getting ready to share with you, nobody knows about unless I tell them. Because what I'm about to tell you is really really by referral only. And here it is. What I have is I have a way for people to become involved in my business that will give them rates of returns that they probably cannot get anywhere else. So my question to you is, do you have investment capital or retirement uh, funds that you're not happy with the rate of returns that you're getting? That's the question. And I do something that's very hard for me to do and that's shut up, right? So the question again, I call it the magic private money question. Do you have investment capital or retirement funds that are not getting you a high rate of return safely and securely? Let me say it again. Do you have investment funds or retirement funds that are not getting you a higher return safely and securely. Then I go quiet. If they say, no, I know they're broke. <laughs> because I mean, you know, the average return on a 12 month CD right now is like 0.49% less than a half a percent. I mean my land can get downright dangerous and tie your money up for five years and get 0.99% right now. But if they say yes, well, in my case, I'm going to text them or email them my 16 minute audio. Well, your listeners don't have my audio, so I'd go straight for a one on one appointment where you could sit down and talk about what private money looks like and you know what you know what you could offer your potential investor. Now, I will say this, Deray, and this is very very important. My very first private lender that I had that was part of the two million one hundred and fifty thousand dollars uh, that you know we talked about. I did not ask them if they had retirement funds or uh, investment capital that wasn't giving them a high rate of return, safety and security. I just told them a little bit about my program. And I said, when you run across someone that you hear is not happy with their rate of returns, would you refer them to me? So that's a much softer approach that works just as well. You can just ask people to pass the word of what you're doing. And that is, You're in private money and you're paying high rates of return safely and securely. When I said that to my first potential private lender, he says, well, Jay, what kind of rates have you got in mind? And there we went, we had a one-on-one and he and his wife became uh, our first private lender to the tune of $250,000.
0: I love that. love that so much. And, you know, you've spoken to how we can better uh, position ourselves to to raise more money and to have a, a well-crafted group of, uh, of private money people lined up. So maybe let's talk about why, as an investor, we should be interested in private money. What are the advantages of using private money over other types of funding?
1: Absolutely. So we know pretty much why we want private money because we need funding for our deals, <laughs> right? And if time permits, Deray, uh, trigger me and remind me, I'll tell your listeners three other really cool ways to get funding without banks and it has nothing to do with private money. Number one, the private, now you're talking about from the standpoint of the private lender or from the standpoint of the real estate investor? From the standpoint of the real
0: estate investor.
1: Oh, okay. Sure. My lands. Yes. Number one, you make the rules. You make the rules as the real estate investors. So, you know, when I was borrowing money from the banks, they made the rules. They told me what the interest rate was. You know, they tell me what the term was. They tell me what the monthly payment was going to be and et cetera, et cetera. This is a total reversal, which I really had to get my mind wrapped around quickly when I started attracting the money. So, you know, it's not a negotiation process with a potential private lender. Here's the program. That's it. You know, they're either interested or they're not. So that's one big thing right there. You make the rules, you set the interest rate, the term and et cetera, which is going to put you in control. All right. Number. So that's number one advantage of using private money is the real estate investor. Number two, there's no limit. This is huge DeRay. There's no limit to the number of private lenders you can do business with. Therefore there's no limit to the amount of private money you can attract. So when I was doing business for the banks, I had a limit to my line of credit at the bank. Well, you know, Carol and I are now using 46 private lenders, 46 different private lenders, multiple States across the nation. There's another advantage. We're not regulated by the, uh, commissioner of banks. Okay. As an institution is, so we're not an institution. We are individuals. So there's no limit to the money you can, you can make. Another big reason I like private money is I get multiple checks on every deal that I do. I get a big check when I buy a house because I always borrow more from the private lender than I need to buy. Okay. And then secondly, if I'm selling it on rent to own, I get another check with a non-refundable option fee. And then when I go to cash out, I get a third check, which is of course the difference between what I'm selling the house for and what I owe the private lender. So I get multiple checks. Another big advantage is that your credit score as a real estate investor has got nothing to do at all with how much private money you can get because none of your private lenders are going to ask about your credit score. It's because it's a collateral loan. It's a collateral loan. The private lender's acting in the, in the same capacity as a bank, so they're getting a promissory note, they're getting a mortgage to secure uh, you know, their loan, their investment with you. So your credit score's got nothing to do with it. Your verification of income's got nothing to do with it, okay? The private lender's never ask for the verification of income. You can be broke and jobless and get private money just like I do, okay? And uh, another big one, Private money, I'm not talking about hard money. So, DeRay, some of your listeners may have borrowed some hard money in the past. This is not hard money. We're not dealing with brokers. This is going directly to the individuals, which means we pay much less interest rates. There's no origination fees. There's no points. There's no paying more money to extend the terms. It's just much easier to do business with the private lenders. So, those are the top reasons that come to my mind right now.
0: Amazing. Love that, Jake. That was super, super insightful. And I mean, you're right. Private money is one of the best ways to fund your real estate deals. And on the show, we like to call that OPM, other people. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly that's exactly what it is
0: yep yep so it's one of those things to where once you kind of get in tune and and you have the confidence to start raising money and whether it's through syndication or whether it's you know on your own efforts once you kind of realize that you're no longer limited by the amount of funds that you have in your bank account and you're growing at you know maybe a linear pace but now you know your eyes are open to a world in which you're not limited by anything but the amount of money you're able to raise. And when you understand how many people are out there earning little to no money on their investments and how many people out there have this problem that they're looking to have solved and just waiting and hoping that you come come along so that they can give you their money, then you'll realize you're only limited by your ability to raise money and your real estate investing efforts can literally, literally go through the roof. And that's, that's what I've, I've witnessed you know, through your story, Jay. So I appreciate you for sharing that. Let's end this segment off with this. You talked about three other strategies that we may use to raise money or to provide a funding for our real estate deals without going through the bank. What are those?
1: Absolutely. Of course, these won't be a surprise to you, DeRay. You're a seasoned investor, but it may be a surprise and some learning for your listeners. First of all, and I'm talking about uh, buying properties using creative financing. So here's a number one strategy. When you are talking with a uh, for sale by owner. So these strategies I'm getting ready to give right now uh, you're not going to get these strategies to provide to use these strategies if you're buying a property out of the multiple listing service through a realtor. So these work when you're talking with for sale by owners and they have their properties for sale. Number one is seller financing. So whenever uh, myself or my team, uh, when we're talking to a potential seller of a property, when that property is free and clear and they own nothing on the property, that automatically triggers us to talk about the possibility of buying their property with the seller taking back a note and a mortgage and selling the house to us with seller financing and zero-down payment. We we buy houses with zero down with seller financing. Now they may want to be paid off in two years or within three years. And so we'll do a two year or three year balloon. That's fine. That's going to give us plenty of time to, if it's a buy and hold that you're wanting to do, that'll give you plenty of time to get the property seasoned. And then you can use, you know, a more traditional financing source to refinance the house and and cash out the seller. That's, that's number one. Number two is you can control a property by buying it on uh, a lease option or with an option. If you want to wholesale that property, you could assign your option to another real estate investor and you know, make five, ten, fifteen thousand $15,000. So again, the lease option or option strategy. One of my favorites is number three. Number three is you can buy a property subject to the existing note. We do a lot of those deals. And what that simply means is that the seller of the property, is willing to transfer ownership and title into your company name or into whatever entity that you have that holds your properties. And the seller is agreeing for the mortgage, the current mortgage to stay in their name and you, uh, your company, you agree to make those payments until you cash out the property, which could be one year, two years, five years, or 10 years. And when I first heard and learned this strategy years ago, I thought to myself, who in the world, would agree to transfer ownership to me and they keep the mortgage in their name and, and I agree to make the payments? The answer to that question is a highly motivated seller who is looking for debt relief. For example, someone that's in foreclosure and is way behind on their payments. I'm coming along, I'm gonna buy the house subject to the existing note and I'm gonna agree to bring their payments current and I use private money to do that by the way, that's a pretty cool strategy. I use private money to bring the payments current and keep their payments current until the the property cashes out. So it would be a highly motivated seller, you know, perhaps someone passed away and it's an estate. so subject to you're using the current mortgage that's in place. Now bear in mind, you're not assuming the mortgage. The lender is, you're not even applying to the lender. Now, yes, does it, does it trigger the due on sale clause? Yes, it does. But in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals I've done like this, I've learned the only thing the bank wants is their money. So that's three other strategies, seller financing, lease options, and buying subject to the existing note. Lifestyle Design Acceleration Hacks.
0: What is your favorite before the millions book?
1: Oh my lands, that's easy. This book changed my life when I was 24 years old turned my mindset around, took me from a scarcity perspective to an abundance perspective. The name of the book is University of Success by Og Mandino, still in print. You can have it on your doorstep in two days from Amazon.
0: Wow, that is the first time that book has ever been recommended. I'm definitely gonna have to check that out.
1: It was written back in the late 80s and the concepts and principles are timeless.
0: What is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool.
1: My favorite business app on my lands, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, Jay. No, actually, actually, I'll tell you a really cool app that your listeners have probably not heard of, but they can certainly use, particularly when they get active. And that is called Simple Crew. Simple Crew, and, and or you can go to Simple C-R-E-W dot com. And what it is is that what we use it for is we still put out uh, signs on the highway and signs in front of our houses when they're available and such. And so this app holds your whoever is putting out signage for you accountable as to they're actually putting them out where you where they are and the app keeps up with them and shows exactly where the signs went there's the sky's the limit as to how you can use that app but that's just one example of how we use simple crew
0: wow i mean you went from not giving a, a recommendation to one of the best recommendations i've heard so far and I, that's that's amazing i'm gonna have to check that app out uh, absolutely what do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed
1: oh wow well it's really a two-part answer <laughs> number one from my perspective I get to work from anywhere I want to my wife and I we do about 30 live events a year don't have to we're passionate about you know training and teaching but so I'm totally flexible I set my own schedule but on the on the other side of that, is where my satisfaction really comes from. I learned the hard way years ago, money does not satisfy. Money, money, money does not satisfy. Don't get me wrong. I like the nice things and Carol does too, but where I get my satisfaction from is truly making an impact and making a difference in other people's lives. And I do that primarily two different ways. In the real estate business, I got four wins on every transaction. When I've got a house, The private lender won, the seller won, the new owner won, and I won by orchestrating the transaction. In the real estate training business, I have seen literally countless people that knew nothing about real estate. And like you, you know, you've got your coaching students as well. I know know you're passionate about this too, Derek. but seeing them go from barely making to make the payments to literally being a millionaire within one year. Love that so much. Yes, making a difference, making a difference.
0: What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today?
1: Excellent question. The best investment I've ever made in real estate is not in a property. The best investment I've ever made in real estate is the education. Because if I don't have good education, then I'm going to go to some seminars I don't want to go to. And I'm so glad that, you know, You offer uh, one-on-one training to your listeners because I could not imagine uh, trying to go in this business by yourself. Well, I can't imagine it because I did my first year. So because of my experience, the best sacrifice that I've made is investing and getting excellent real estate investing education.
0: Amazing. I love that advice so, so much. And yes, real estate investing is a team sport. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner you'll be prosperous. Who was essential to your growth before the millions and why?
1: Who was essential? I must say my father. My father really has taught me more about business in general, not just specific real estate, but in general, about how to take care of your people, how to make every transaction win-win, so Wallace J. Connor, my father. You know, sometimes we don't realize it, but sometimes the best advice we can get or the answer or solution to our problems is right under our nose.
0: Love it. Last but not least, why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention on getting to the millions?
1: Excellent question and easy to answer most people are stuck because they have a perspective or mindset of scarcity instead of abundance, which I mentioned a moment ago. You know, when it comes to private money, there's money all around you. And so, and the fear of rejection, fear of rejection, which is, which is of course mindset as well. And so when I'm talking to someone about being a potential private lender, uh, particularly when I first started out, The mindset was, you know, I really need this money. I'm scared they're going to say no. And that's not the approach. Here's the deal there's two different mindsets I have about private money when talking to a potential private lender. First mindset is, I am here to help make a difference in their life or someone they know. So, I'm not begging and chasing and trying to talk anybody into anything. I'm, I can better their lives by making this program available to them. And secondly, the other mindset is, ask them for help. Ask them to spread the word. So view yourself as a servant and a server, no matter what you're doing, and that will help you get unstuck and move forward.
0: I love that so much, Jay. And it's funny, so many of the previous guests have came on the show and listeners, you know. You guys hear the same thing and I'm hearing the same thing over and over again when it comes down to why people don't get started and the fears that people have and you know not being able to raise money and not being able to find a broker and not being able to do this I mean all of those are not actually the problem those are all symptoms and what you hear time and time again from each guest that comes on the show is that the problem is and the problem is the mindset If you can fix the mindset, if you can switch your mentality from that of lack to that of abundance, if you can switch your mindset from that of selfishness to that of giving, if you can switch your mindset to operate as if you're treating your neighbor as yourself and you're helping others grow as you grow, then everything will literally start falling in alignment for you. It starts with your mindset starts with your mindset and I'm not saying that with the right mindset things are going to get easier but with the right mindset you can overcome anything so I think that's amazing advice Jay and you know you've talked about so many things on the show Jay and it's been simply amazing to kind of pick your brain and walk through you know kind of what you deem as one of the best ways to invest in real estate and I love it I love private money it sounds amazing. Where can the listeners go to learn more about you? Maybe give us a website or two if the listeners want to reach out and uh, get a hold of you.
1: Sure, sure. So I'll give out, well, first, if they just want to reach out to me, it's easy. <laughs> Jayconner.com, J A Y C O N N E R. So I'm not an O R like most Connors are, I'm an E R. So www.jayconner.com. That's got all my contact information right there.
0: Amazing. Well, Jay, again, thank you so much for coming on the show and we will talk to you soon.
1: All Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And I tell you what, man, you've been one of the most enjoyable podcaster interviewers I've been on.
0: Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a good fit to work with the Before the Millions team, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash call that's beforethemillionscom call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what is your cash flow goal? How much are you looking to make every month? Number two, your personalized investing strategy. And number three, the best way to get started using cash flowing rental real estate. Remember, starting and scaling your real estate investments and business doesn't happen by itself you need expert guidance to make it happen we've helped clients all over the world start and scale their investing efforts to six figures and beyond while enjoying life and making the world a better place to find out if we can help you do the same head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash call i'm daryl Allier and let's talk soon